Good morning. We are going to forego any announcements until later on in the service because we want to enjoy Dr. Frank's prelude, which he will start now.
Bruce, that was wonderful. Praise the Lord, O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Happy are those who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. It is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep, for now salvation is nearer to us than when we believed. The night is almost gone, and the day is near. Let us worship God.
Please join me in prayer. Creator Creator God, God, we come come seeking to be be faithful in our worship as we turn to Jesus, who reveals in human fullness the truth of who you are. Please receive our desire to be open to Jesus as we gather together. Please help us to banish images of your being, which are our own conception, and help us in our desire to embrace you for all that you are and do. Please keep us from deceiving ourselves by thinking that we are superiorly wise, but humble us that we might embrace your wisdom. As we offer our prayers and prayer today, enabled by the Holy Spirit of Truth, please grant us to know you more clearly, to love you more dearly, and to follow you more nearly. For Jesus' sake. Amen. O God, early in the morning I cry to you. Help me to pray and to concentrate my thoughts on you. I cannot do this alone. In me there is darkness, but with you there is light. I'm lonely, but you do not leave me. I am feeble in heart, but with you there is help. I'm restless, but with you there is peace. In me there is bitterness, but with you there is patience. I do not understand your ways, but you know the way for me. Restore me to liberty. Enable me so to live now that I may answer you before you and before me. Lord, whatever this day may bring, your name be praised. It is with this hope that I make my confession. And we might all confess together using this prayer of confession. Holy God, you have made us to be your own, to know and love you, enjoy and serve you, ever obedient to your will. But we have set up golden calves, born of materialism, nationalism, secularism, and institutionalism. We confess our preference for commendations and comforts rather than for commandments. So we make a God that suits us, image you as we want you to be, indulgent, not demanding, soothing, not discomforting, a dispenser of the good life with no surrender, suffering, or sacrifice on our part. In so doing, we deceive ourselves, and there is little truth in us. We confess we want you to listen to us rather than we listen to you. We don't take the best care of the gifts you give, including our own bodies. Forgive us for interfering with your plan for us, for thwarting the potential that is your gift to us as your children, and for denying you true praise from humble and loving hearts. God is truth, and we who in honesty and sincerity acknowledge and repent of our sin may be assured of God's gracious forgiveness. In Christ Jesus, we are set free to begin to live lives of obedience, thanksgiving, and praise to the God of our salvation. Glory be to God.
Please be seated, friends. We're continuing our series on being encouragers, as Barnabas was, and sharing God's light. And our texts for this morning are taken first from Ephesians 5, and then from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12. I invite you to hear God's word to you. Paul writes, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But fornication and impurity of any kind or greed must not even be mentioned among you, as is proper among saints. Entirely out of place is obscene, silly, and vulgar talk, but instead, let there be thanksgiving. Be sure of this, that no fornicator or impure person, or one who is greedy, that is, an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes to those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be associated with them. For once you were darkness, but now in the Lord you are light. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. Try to find out what is pleasing in the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what such people do secretly, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for everything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Sleeper, awake, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then our scriptures continue in the Gospel of Mark. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered, he said, Which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered it, The first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. My friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm going to invite children to join me up here on these stairs. I've got a special thing here, and it has an official name. Most people don't know what the name of this special thing is. Any idea what this is called? No. Do you know what you do with this? Well, if it meant it was something you could hit people with, it might be called a kabonger, but it's not one of those. You know what this is here sticks out? That's wax. Yeah, liquid wax. If you use this to light candles. So this, the, the official name of this thing is a candle lighter. <laughs> now, and uh, when we light the candles... With this, we kind of put the wax out, we light it, the wax, and then we light candles with it, and then we snuff it 
back in this way, pulled in the tube, that puts the flame out, and as soon as that happens, we stick it out a little bit. And the reason is because if the wax hardens inside the tube, it's very difficult to get the wax back out. This part is uh, the uh, snuffing part, and you can help snuff out candles, and you don't have to pull them down real hard. You just cover the smoke of the candle, and it puts the light out. Light is one of the themes that we've had um, recently. We're going to show pictures when you head off to Sunday school. And we'll, I thought about praying for a dark day today because uh, the pictures would show up. And everybody else that's back here, if they want to move up to see better, they could do that. A uh, long time ago, we didn't have equipment like this. So if we wanted to have images for people to see to be able to talk about what the Bible means or what people do in ministry or mission. Do you know where we captured that? We captured it in stained glass windows. And they often told stories. Now, we're going to take a very brief hike. I've gone over here before, but some of you have never been here. We have a window here that you've never seen. Would you like to come with me? Come on, it's right here. It's out this door, and this used to be the entrance to the church, the pulpit and everything used to be at that end and back in the early 1950s it all got turned around but there's a window here that people don't normally ever see and you have to look up high it's above these cushions and can you see the window yeah and what's in the window Jesus is there and who's Jesus with well what about the little people who is those kids like you Everybody came in, and the one window that we have in the church, other than the two in the front, that everybody would see when they came into the church was this one, and it was Jesus and children. What do you suppose that means? I think it means Jesus likes to have kids around. Don't you think? Yeah. I think Jesus thinks that kids are really important. Matter of fact, at one point he said... Let the children come to me and don't hinder them and keep them away from me. For the kingdom of God is like these children. So you're important to this church. Because if you are important to Jesus, you are important to the rest of us. And we can see the light shining through the window to tell us that. That's one of my favorite pictures. It's kind of like having a projector, right? Okay, let's close the doors because we'll block out some of this light. And we'll have prayer together, and then you can head off to Sunday school. Lord God, we give you thanks for these children, for all that they mean to us, and that the blessing that we receive from them. We ask that you will be with them, and that you will help us to be good examples of what it means to be followers of Jesus, that they might get to know him better. We ask it in the Master's name. Amen. Well, thank you for coming up. Be lights in the world, because sometimes people do very dark things, and we want the world to be brighter. You want to head off to Sunday school? Thanks.
What we're about to do is something we don't normally do here. We're going to take a look at some pictures, so if you need to see better, I would invite you to come forward, and these are going to be washed out a little bit. But if somebody would turn out the lights, carrier back there, if you would turn out the lights for us, that would be great. This congregation has had a wonderful time in mission, so um, I thought that to be able to see some of what you do would be really helpful and important. Because a number of people from this congregation headed off to Kenya this summer. Next summer, a number of our youth and a few adults will head to Jamaica. Uh, It's not only the mission and ministry that happens here, whether it's through backpacks or taking things to Cameron or housing homeless families through rain in our building, but there are some things that have happened a long ways away and we don't get to see them or know what's happening. Actually, much of our international mission got started with Ted Pollack. On March the 25th, 2008, our ministry in Kenya began when Martin Shikuku wrote Beverly Reeve because in 1978, Ted and his wife Dolly had taken care of Martin. The letter expressed sadness over the passing of Ted and Dolly. Ted passed away at the age of 94. At the age of 91, Ted and I poured ring beam on a roof of a building in Mozambique, and he was on the top of the roof at age 91. Um, Martin wrote Ted through uh, Beverly, saying that um, he and Ruth now operated an orphanage in Soy, Kenya, and that the buildings were just too small. Um, The first discussion took place about a mission trip from First Presbyterian Church to Mozambique in 2008. Undertaking the project meant that this was going to be a larger project than any of us had done before. It was going to be much bigger in terms of buildings and more than double the cost of anything we had ever done internationally before. And so a small group of us were commissioned right here in the chancel to head off to Kenya. We would talk about the trip and fellowship hall and what we were planning to do, even build a mock-up of the dormitories we were hoping to build. And then the great day came, And we headed off to Katali, Kenya. We arrived at the international airport in Katali. This is it. They have one screening machine there, and you kind of sometimes walk around it rather than through it, and they kind of ask you questions like, you don't have any bombs in the suitcases, do you? And you say, no. And we loaded what we had brought in the back of a pickup truck, and we headed to Katali. First, before we got to Katali, though, we had to find the orphanage in Soy, and so we went there. Forty-three children were in this orphanage, and we got a good look at their buildings and the people who were at the orphanage in Soy, where Martin and Ruth were kind of the parents. Yeah. Next one, I guess. There was a young man there who went with us, 
You see him in the gold shirt. That is Todd Peterson. He is a member of our congregation. And Todd went on that trip and uh, got to know Ruth and part of Ruth and Martin's family, while others of us arrived a little after uh, Todd had been to Kenya, and we began to work on the buildings, beginning by building the roof first and then brick walls exteriorly and interiorly after that. So the building began to take shape. While we were doing the construction on these dormitory buildings, some neighbors went to Soy, which had seven small houses with all 43 children in them, destroyed and burnt the buildings with the children in them. All of the children managed to survive, but they had no place to live. And so we brought them an hour and a half south down to where we were outside of Katali, and they lived with us as we worked and did construction on their dorm. We named the project Johabeto, which stands for Joining Hands for a Better Tomorrow. And the building began to rise. You see the concrete at the top of the bricks? That's what we call ring beam. That kind of supports part of the roof. And here is um, Martin. He is there with a borrowed motorcycle, the only vehicle that the orphanage had. And that's his daughter in the blue. Uh, She had a degree in theater from the University of, of Nairobi. Every day, from the area in Soy until the whole family moved south with the children, Ruth would get on the back of that motorcycle and she would carry pots and pans and food on the back of the motorcycle to feed our work crew. She would ride an hour and a half down She would walk three miles in from the main road to where we were working, and then she would cook lunch for us. She would clean the pots and pans, get back on the motorcycle, and ride all the way back to soy. The project began to take shape, and even the children who came from soy to Katali began to help us work on the project. Here's a man that some of you know, right? This is Lucian Rouse. Dr. Lucian Rouse. If you know anything about Lucian, he does surgery on knees, right? He's professor of uh, sports medicine at the University of Rochester Medical Center, but you never knew that he was also a bricklayer. We would work from the moment the sun would rise until the sun would set, and on the last day that we were there, Lucian literally fell asleep while holding up one of the bricks. He was that tired. At the end of a large workday, though, we did take showers, in case you think we didn't. This is a typical shower head in Kenya. Um, It's a shower head through which there's an electric wire and current passes. This is a little dangerous to think about, actually. (laughs) You've got a wire of electricity... Uh, with 220 going through a shower head and that's going to heat well it doesn't really give you a hot shower it just kind of takes some of the chill off right you know which is a way in which you bathe in Kenya there are some people that you'll recognize like uh, uh, Matt Wall who runs Forsyth Jewelers 
There's Adam Pollock reading Martin and Ruth's uh, son. And we were so delighted when the project kind of drew to a close. We had something else that happened, and it occurred uh, at Macy's department store. I went to buy a tie. I'm wearing the tie that I bought today at Macy's, at the men's department. And there is a man who works there. Um, He is from Uganda, and he is fairly short. His name is Charles Boethi. He still works there from time to time and works, walks with a bit of a limp. Charles B. A.T. would build corn grinders that he would ship to Africa in his garage in Webster. So I got to talking with him, and I said, you know, we could really use one of those at the orphanage in Katali that we've been working on. So we went to his garage, and he would make these things with the hopper out of corrugated metal. I said, I'm afraid that things would flake off and then the children would become ill. Could we make it out of stainless? He said, never did that before, but let's give it a try. And then he handmade all of the blades and the screenings that would uh, cut and grind the corn. And then um, we needed an engine for it, so we decided on a diesel engine from Japan because with diesel fuel, there would be less likely of a fire if you had... Uh, corn dust in the air. And then this unit was kind of uh, lightly crated and sat in our fellowship hall for a while. And Dave and Sam Testa got, I don't know how long it sit there, about two months, I think. And finally, it got shipped all the way to Nairobi and then from Nairobi out to Katali, where it has been in continuous use since. The idea being that they could grind corn what they had growing around them, could feed the children at the orphanage, and also grind their neighbor's corn, which would then give them a source of some income to maintain the orphanage. The buildings were somewhat completed. Uh, We built uh, two dorms and a classroom and kitchen area. But the real reason for going, we learned after we had done this, was not just because we wanted to build buildings, but because we wanted to build lives, and our lives were connected with those of the children in Kenya, particularly at these orphanages. Some people didn't have construction skills. Beverly here, this is Beverly Pollock, she thought she'd never travel to a place like this, and she said, I don't have construction skills or the kind of strength to do the work, but I could take care of the children. Eventually, we would go to INSTEP, where there are 152 children, 70 of which need to be diapered. When I arrived there, I encountered Bonnie. Bonnie was my charge. I took care of Bonnie every night, would put diapers on Bonnie and bathe her. Uh, Bonnie, Bonnie's mother, who was a single mom, did not want her. And she threw Bonnie into a pit latrine. A 13-year-old boy heard Bonnie crying He climbed down into the feces and the urine, and he pulled Bonnie out. She had ingested what was in that latrine and was very sick, and the hospital in Katali thought she wouldn't make it. But she survived the first few days, was brought to Instep Orphanage, and at that point, we were trying to do the best we could to both feed her and take care of her. When I went back this summer, I was so delighted to be able to pick up and hold Bonnie again.
she looks like this. Sometimes the girls only hang with the girls and the boys only hang with the boys and sometimes they do talk to each other. It's it's like this one couple, this uh, boy and this, they look like almost they're a married couple in this picture, doesn't it? Don't you wonder what they're really saying to each other? It's the children that are important. And so the project happened at Joe Habeto until it was complete. And there was wonderful celebration. And at the celebration, Adam Pollock was there. And it's the first and only time I have ever seen Adam Pollock dance. And he danced with Ruth Shikuku. And what a joy it was this summer to see Martin and Ruth again. Only problem is the state of Kenya had decided that it needed the land on which the orphanage had been built. And they gave Martin and Ruth 90 days to find a place for all of the children and to tear the orphanage buildings down so that they could put high-tension power lines across the land. Martin called all the friends he knew in Kenya, and in 90 days, those buildings were torn down and new buildings constructed. It was a miracle. When Joe Habeto was done, we had a call for new help at INSTEP. And when we got there, there were a lot of children in 2012. So many, we didn't quite know how to begin the project, but we did. We were going to build a dormitory where the exterior walls are made of stone and the interior walls were made of brick. Now, I'm not a very good bricklayer. I want you to know that. But one of the things I learned along the way, particularly when I was in flight, was that the men who built the Taj Mahal in India, that building so wonderfully prized, people in India didn't want another building ever to be built like that to match it, so they cut the hands off of the builders of the Taj Mahal. They looked at my masonry, and said, Bruce, I look at your wall here. If I were you, I'd be worried about my hands. This is Dave Jenks, who has been one of our deacons, and he's working on the wall, interior walls. You don't build the walls like we do, you know. We put wood studs in some drywall. Uh, what would happen with the wood? The termites would eat it, right? And we used to have termite-eating contests. OSHA would not be too impressed with us, by the way. This was the kind of scaffolding we used. Uh, It's not the world's greatest scaffolding, but you use what you've got. Some outside were in the construction of other latrines for the children and even dug several holes, the idea and hope being that we would cover them and then use the methane gas that was trapped and collected to light some of the lamps between the buildings. You can't go to the hardware store and get what you need, so all of the steel and rebar had to be cut with a hacksaw by hand and all of uh, the corners wired before we made boxes and filled them with concrete. The kitchen work, all of the food cooked for us was done on a wood stove outside. On Monday, we usually had rice and beans. On Tuesday, we um, had rice and beans, um, uh, Wednesday was uh, rice and beans. Uh, uh, Thursday was about the same. 
One of the things that I can say, they were very contemporary in that they had a solar clothes dryer. And here's Matt Wall, you know. On the one hand, Matt Wall would uh, know what to do with setting of jewelry. You know, he runs Forsyth Jewelers, but he also knows how to do masonry work. There was a classroom there, which is now a work shed. And our work progressed on the dormitory. We put in the windows and started to build the second floor. Uh, We build like you are not used to. You don't call up and say, I'd like to have 42 yards of concrete for the floor. No. You carry bags of cement, you break gravel, and you mix sand, and you mix what you need with water that you carry in buckets on the ground, and mix your concrete that way and spread it. The building that provides most of the oversight of the programming life for the orphanage is this one. It was already constructed when we arrived. This is called the veranda. This is where the children eat. And also under construction in 2012, which we some of us worked on this a little bit, was the medical clinic, which houses clinics and low on the first floor and um, kind of a dormitory of like for medical staff from wherever in the world who will go and work with the children. Here's some of the, um, our tools. That's our cement mixer. So this meant that in 2014, we needed to build a new dorm. That was this summer. I thought you'd like to take a look and see what the dorm looks like that we built in 2012. The building is stone on the outside. It's brick on the inside. And the boys take good care of it. Here's the inside of a couple of the dorm rooms. This is a boys' dorm. Those boys live in bunks that are three bunks high. They take care of all of their own clothes. They wash them by hand and fold them and press them and store everything neatly at the bottom of their bunks. And the girls do similarly in the main lodge. Here's a kind of like all of the children. There's a lot of them. But you really get to see them up close. And their smiles are absolutely wonderful. That's Elizabeth in the center. I thought you might like to take a good picture of, that's Rahima on the left, and here's Rebecca. I like Rebecca's smile. Do you remember the boy who in 2010 went with us first to Katali and Johabeto? He's in the yellow shirt. That's Todd Peterson. Well, Todd Peterson graduated, and, and he now attends University of Buffalo Dental School. So what did he do this summer? We put together a kind of a dental operatory that had happened before I arrived. It's not the most complete, but it's there. And he worked on the teeth of the children and the adults. Probably no student at UB did as much dental work interning as Todd Peterson did this summer in Kenya. And how do you take care of the kids' teeth now? Toothbrushes. Lots of toothbrushes. 
Others had other tasks to do. They were working on the columns for the new dorm. There were mother and daughter teams. There were others who were there, right, Paige? See some familiar sights, don't you? Again, the columns built the same way, making bricks by hand. Uh, Here's a picture of a chemist. That's Dan Harrison. Dan, you're a chemist by trade, really, right? But you also know how to sit on the floor and make paper airplanes and read books to children, which is important in building lives, as important as it is to build buildings. And do you remember we had Julia here? She was commissioned from this uh, chancel to go and be a nurse. That's Julia taking care of the children. She has so much medical work to do with all of those children. Remember, they have a lot of special needs. And she does that from not only the main dormitory room, but also from the medical clinic. Other people like to try different things for breakfast. Most of us decided our breakfast should be simple. Um, Then there were the children. Now, uh, on the picture on the left, the one wearing the hat is Jackson. And Ted Pollack gave that hat years ago to one of our people, and he gave the hat to Jackson. And when I got there, Jackson was still wearing the hat, even though it was quite warm outside. The boy in the middle, his name is Joshua. And uh, when you speak in Swahili... The word for dad is baba. And um, the word for grandfather, by the way, is babu. But dad is baba. But when you use the word baba, if the dad has children and there are any male children, the name is added of the oldest male child. So since I have a son who is our oldest child and his name is Joshua, My name was Baba Joshua. Joshua never had a Baba Joshua. So when he heard that that was my name, he was so delighted for the first time in his life there was a Baba I could not do anything without Joshua hanging on to me. He's there with Victor, the dog. Victor's a pretty good-sized animal. There's all of these children to feed... And uh, there is something special about the food, and we'll get to that in a minute, and laundry to do. There were times when their ceilings were coming down. We had one room in which there are 70 cribs, and there was a ceiling that had one time been there, but it had fallen down. And that permits all kinds of vermin to come in. So we had to figure out how to put the ceiling back, which a number of us worked on. And uh, there were those kind of tasks to do rather than complete the new dorm. The dorm, the new one, had gotten along this far. The columns had been made by the teams that were there. And the brick makers were still actively making bricks, all the bricks made on site by hand, fired in a kiln. Actually, the children grow their own food. Most of it is grown at the orphanage. And there is now an orphan school 
We worked on classrooms while we were there. And as we sit here today, another classroom is being added to this school at Instep. Actually, it's a better picture when you show the kids outside the school. Ruth helped me do my laundry. And so I got to know Ruth pretty well, and Ruth and I did laundry together. The other boys were collecting firewood. The boys themselves, over by the dorm, had to remember do their own laundry by hand. And you go catch the water, and then you mix with the soap and rinse, and you didn't have a washing machine or a drying machine, but you took good care of everything. And then it was time to help everybody be fed. One of my favorite times was birthdays. They celebrate birthdays once per month at Instep Orphanage. And so, since I have a birthday in August, they celebrated mine along with the rest of the children. They announce your name and then your age. There were gasps when they heard my age. They were the oldest one there. And then all of those who had birthdays were called to the front, and they got their birthday gift. The birthday gift. Well, this was a special day because this was the only time, once a month, the children got cake and ice cream. The birthday gift was this. You received the honor, since it was your birthday, to feed all the rest of the children cake and ice cream. If there was any left over, you got some. Your gift was the opportunity to serve. Now you know, when I hear junior highs and senior highs say to me, I am so bored, how I feel. Ron Pollock worked in the shop, a shop where most all the tools we carried in, and God provided our team Vince. Vince uh, helped us sort medical equipment. He used to buy and sell medical equipment, so it was just a wonderful joy to have Vince along. There were several teams. There was one that went earlier, then there was a small one of us that went later, all feeling called by God from this congregation to serve these children. We have a backpack ministry here, right? But did you know we have a backpack ministry there, too? We left our backpacks. And... Uh, this is one of the ones we left for the children at Instep. Not only get to hold Bonnie, I also got to hold Lavender. I remember holding Lavender when she arrived. This is Lavender today. I think it's the smiles and the hope of the children, whether they're in Sunday school or you're outside working, that really lifts your spirits. Here's Josh. Baba Joshua. And he would reach up, and like most of the kids, they would all had one word that they would say, me, me, pick up me, pick me up, pick, hold me. Me they knew. I have one picture of Josh the day I was sitting in a truck leaving to come back to Pittsburgh. That forms a memory for you. 
a memory of these children, so wonderful with needs. On the left is Ayub. Ayub's got new shoes. Don Gotti and I took a walk through the airport. We actually flew from here to Detroit, Detroit to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to Nairobi, Nairobi to Eldoret, Eldoret to Katawa. It's about a 38-hour trip. Our international flight flew out of Detroit. We got to Detroit, and we had a little time before our plane left, and so we walked through the airport. There was a store there that had Crocs, these rubber kind of vinyl shoes. I was wearing a pair of Crocs. Why? Because it's muddy at this time of year in Kenya, and there's no metal parts in Crocs, so you can walk right through those metal detectors not having to worry about the shoes that you got on. The woman looked at me, and she says, Oh, you're wearing Crocs. I guess they don't have any to sell you. I said, No, don't, but I like the Crocs that you have in here. What brings you to Detroit? I said, Well, we're on our way to Kenya. We're going to work on an orphanage there, and there are a lot of children, and most all the children wear Crocs. They do? Oh, yeah. Maybe they would need one of these. And so she reached over and she took off a pair of Crocs, $48.95, and gave them to me and said, take these to a child. So I have got the Batman Crocs. (laughs) The shoes are so prized that when they go to church, the kids line all their shoes outside. Their names are carved into the back of the shoes. When we flew home back to Pittsburgh, our plane came back through Detroit. We ended up on Concourse A, but the Crocs store for the shoes is on Concourse C. So I said, I think I might have enough time if I really run. So I ran downstairs underneath the flight deck over eventually to Concourse A or C, and found my way to the crock store and pulled out my phone on which I had a picture of Ayub. And the woman who ran the store said, no one has ever come back to show me a picture of a gift of shoes before. It's really the children that's the reason we go, more importantly, actually, than the buildings we build. I thought you'd like to know exactly what does it look like most of Kenya. You've seen some pictures of the orphanage. This picture is from our hotel in Nairobi. Here are some scenes for what you travel along as you go to Nairobi toward Katali. The communities sort of look like this. Yes, there are churches and places to shop. And there's wildlife. Sheep. Best time to go see the animals on Masai Mara is to go at sunrise and watch the animals wake up, including the cheetahs, God's sense of humor, warthogs, different kinds of deer and vultures. Maybe if you look closely, you'll see the leopard climbing down out of the tree, thousands of wildebeest in migration, zebras. Red-crested cranes, a pride of lions, and the one predator of lions, right? The ostrich. The hind legs of an ostrich are so powerful, they can kill lions. 
But as wonderful as that is, the most valuable part of what mission happens is really the lives of the children. This is a mission that you do. Not all of you can go to Kenya or to Mozambique or to Malawi or to Peru or many of the other places we go, like some of our senior highs will go to Jamaica next year. But we want to be a light, not just to Pittsford and Rochester, but to the world. Isn't that what the scriptures tell us? And you have been. Your giving and your mission make all of this possible. And on behalf of these children, I want to say thank you for all that you do for them. You are a blessing. I'm going to read for us one very short scripture lesson from 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, 
and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Well, if you think you're going to get a full sermon, you're not. <laughs> if you want to see what I had to say, I'll print it. And we'll put it out there for you to look at. And We'll take these pictures and put them on our website, too. So if you want to go take a look at them again, you can. Um, I am struck by this little text. You are God's temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. You are not your own. This flies in the face of everything that people write in those editorial columns in the newspaper that tell us, you are really your own person. Do your own thing. It's not biblical that much, I'll tell you. We were bought with a price. We're not our own. We're God's. God has given us mission to do. And we're to do it with our own body. So we need to take care of that, which I am not good at doing. I kind of feed my body garbage. As Carrie knows, I eat from the four basic food groups, sugar, fat, cholesterol, and preservatives. I should add chocolate to that mixture. And we should exercise, right? We should take care of the body so we can do mission. We should be lights in a dark world. I have a Fitbit. Um, it's a very small device. It kind of keeps track of how many footsteps I take each day. Martha has one, too. Uh, when I got this thing, it was also connected to a scale. It sends your weight up to the cloud and down to your computer so that when you turn your computer on in the morning, it tells you how much you weigh. When I was setting this up, it said, would you like us to post your weight daily on Facebook, I said no. <laughs> Up came a one-word statement with a question mark. Twitter, no. This is not information the world needs. But between now and November 5th, I'm going to try and lose five pounds, and so I'll post that out there for you to see. It'll be out in the North Texas lobby. In order to do that, I'm going to, have to take better care of my body. I'm going to have to exercise some more, make sure I put good things in it, like rice and beans. And it's not only what we put on our mouths that are important. If our bodies are the Holy Spirit, we should pay attention to what we put in our ears. And what we put in our eyes. And what they consume. As well as what we say with our mouths and do with our hands. God will use us. God wants us to be lights in a dark place. And if you think so too, there's a prayer here we can use. Lord Jesus, you have taught us to praise the living and one true God in word and in deed. We make now a rededication of our lives to this holy purpose with a symbolic offering of tithes and gifts of money, time, and energy. Use these to further your work in the world, that all people may come to know the one who is worthy of all true praise. Amen.
Please be seated, friends. Dan Dupre, thank you for the lovely flowers that grace our chancel as a reminder of lovely Louise and the light that she's shown into the world. We also give thanks and praise for the many ways that our members and friends spread God's light throughout the world. We have, again, this reminder that we are to be lights of the world, and we pray for leaders so that they might be lights in this world, discerning God's will and seeking God's peace. You might notice, friends, in our fellowship hall, as you go out for coffee and donuts and healthy snacks that our deacons have lovingly prepared for you, that there are brand new directories out there. So congratulations and thank you to the 248 families that sat for photographs this time around. You'll notice that there are an additional 70 photographs that have been pulled forward from the 2009 and the 2012 updates So you might find yourself in there if you even didn't sit for a photograph this time around. Look in those bins that are alphabetically arranged in the fellowship hall. Your name, if you had a photograph taken, is on the bottom corner, and you can take one of these directories. If you didn't have a photograph taken and would still like a directory, come see me. I want you to know that the directory is arranged by our mission statement. So right up front, we are a caring community growing together as spiritually as disciples of Jesus Christ. We do this through worship, fellowship, education, prayer, and especially mission. And you saw this morning what we mean by especially mission. We give thanks and praise to the deacons who work so hard to put together the directory and to God who inspires us all to be lights in this world. Friends, we are praying also for the Pollock family and their extended family because one of the Pollocks, David Preston, who is Ron and Bev's brother-in-law, Leah Pollock Preston's husband, Dave, was diagnosed this past week with stage four pancreatic cancer. In God's grace, he's not in Johannesburg where they, are, they have been living and ministering. 
In God's grace, he happened to be on home leave, and he's in South Carolina and being ministered to with the best medical technology. And as the Pollocks will tell you, we pray for and expect miracles. So please join me in that fervent prayer for God's grace. And join me in prayer for all of us for God's grace. O God, whose name is worthy of unending praise, we seek to imitate the love your Son showed you and us. Help us to be encouraging lights in a world that needs to know of your light. And remind us that this little light of mine will not be overcome by any darkness as long as we plug into your light. Hear us as we pray not just for forgiveness of our complaining, but for wellness, starting in our homes and extending out into the homes around the world to which we are connected, for we are all the body of Christ. Help us to hear again how you extend mercy to us and we can extend mercy to others. We pray for boldness to risk greater ventures, to show light in the world in response to your love, and may we find ourselves releasing good news from the tomb that bound Christ and binds us. May we, too, be freed from powers that impede us. Comfort those who are not yet able to dry their own eyes and keep us in a community that grows in breadth and depth with each passing moment, relying upon the prayer model that your Son taught us that we can all together say, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. in a dark place. Go in peace. May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the blessing and strength of the Holy Spirit go with us and abide with us all today and in the life everlasting. Amen.
Thanks for taking good care of us. What a neat, neat. Is that helpful to see those? Oh, maybe? my God. It just... Uh, we, thought, we thought that people would want to know, what have we been doing in the summer? We did all these missions trips, but...